0: Second Peter chapter two and verse 19 it says, "While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought unto bondage." It says, "For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought uh, into bondage." Uh, I want to read that same verse again one more time in a, in a modern translation, the God's Word translation. As you know, I use that kind of often. Uh, listen to what it says in, this, in the God's Word translation. They promised these people freedom, but they themselves are slaves to corruption. A person is a slave to whatever he gives into. A person is a slave to whatever he gives into. That's some powerful words, and them are not pastors' words; them are the words of Apostle Peter under the anointing inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Lord, well, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for your powerful midst and presence that we've experienced today. And now I'm asking God for your anointing to speak, God, these next few minutes, God, on this message, God, and help us, God, to have our hearts stirred and our, uh, our minds enlightened through Your uh, Word and by Your Spirit. In Jesus' name, does the church say? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. We began a series last week on, the, on uh, uh, a sermon series titled The Moral Collapse of America. The Moral Collapse of America. Uh, And our first message dealt with the issue of homosexuality and how the American public is being swayed by the media and other sources to accept this perverted sin as a harmless alternative lifestyle. But the truth of the matter is that it is a very wicked sin which dooms Sodom and Gomorrah and will be a factor in the fall of this nation, also, unless we repent. Amen. I listened some to Mar Davis uh, from Cornerstone this morning. Anybody else see him? Any? I watched, uh, but uh, we're able to watch him since the service we're having, and he pre- he, he spoke a powerful message, and he uh, and he laid it down in, in some terms. To let, and, and told his people over over TV amen that that the church that we are responsible for what our nation does Jer, when, when Jeremiah cried to God in repentance he he, he repried in God and asked god to forgive him for the sins of his nation. Maybe that's how come we ain't had revival yet because we keep we think it's not our problem. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. All this junk that's going on in America, it is your problem. It's my problem. Somebody's got to deal with it. And if we refuse to try to speak up and pray about it and, and stand for righteousness, we're going to be affected by the judgment of it. Hallelujah. Uh, the moral collapse of a nation... Uh, the same sin which dooms Sodom is going to be a factor to the fall of this nation unless we repent. This week, we're going to continue our study with part two that we're entitled The Grip of Addiction. The Grip of Addiction. This, I wished I had more time to deal with this because this is such a, 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 a bad problem in our world and society today. Um, the problem of addiction in this nation and how it's destroying the very core and fabric of our society. Addiction is a tool which Satan wraps around you like a ball and chain. Hallelujah. Go ahead, brother, and start putting up the slideshow of some of these pictures while I'm just talking about reading the introduction of this message. Addiction... Is a tool which Satan wraps around you like a ball and chain. I will suck on you like a leech, draining out your life's blood, leaving you on a scrap heap of ruin. Addiction is so strong a force that even after repentance and baptism. Many people struggle for years to break free of the grip of the death hold which addiction places on them. When a nation of people reject God as supreme Lord, then that nation opens herself up to be controlled by every vice and spirit Satan is able to throw her away. Hallelujah. We are now witnessing that effect in America. We're seeing it every day. And by the way, while I'm talking about this, the first sign that a person has an addiction to something, they'll tell you, oh, I can quit this anytime I want to. You ever heard that? I can lay this down any time I want to. That's the first signal, folks. That's the first warning light that something's got a hold of that person. Hallelujah. Amen. These addictions are a strong range. Today, we are facing all these addictions from Uh, alcoholism to drug abuse, pornography. Pornography is one of the greatest evils and addictions that's in our society today. And I couldn't believe, Brother Darrell, my eyes when I read a poll that was taken, um, and they, they, they took it in a way... That wouldn't bring them embarrassment, and they knew that their names wouldn't be brought out. But thirty-seven percent of preachers in America, of all the denominations, admitted of having some kind of control of addiction to pornography that when they get to their office and they get on those computers, supposedly to try to put together a Bible lesson to preach to you, then a lot of times it happens without them looking for it, but things will pop up. And then they get caught into it and they get addicted by it. It's just as strong as an addiction of alcohol, drugs, tobacco, or anything. I'm gonna talk more about pornography in my message, but I'm just laying down this right here. And as we talk about the grip of addiction, addiction in this country is a real problem. It's a problem in our society, and it's a problem in our churches, because we got people on church pews that are battling addictions every day of their life. I'm going to first talk about, and as I told you last week, we're just having one, one service a week and it meant it, uh, it really cuts off my ability as a pastor to try to bring things out to you uh, in teaching. One of the biggest responsibilities as a pastor is to teach the saints evangelists are the ones who preaches the soul saving message uh, they, they have the message to to bring people in Then after people come in it's the pastor's uh, a responsibility and his call to teach uh, 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 the sheep that are brought into the fold, but not being able to have uh, teach on wednesday night and uh, and different things and and this message uh, uh, that I'm bringing across, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of um, partly preaching and partly teaching. And it's a word that I, you've heard from me sometimes. I'm, I, I'm preaching you right now. Hallelujah. Now, let's talk a little bit about the facts of the problem of the grip of addiction, first of all. The facts of the problem. Every year, tobacco use kills more Americans than World War II and the Vietnam War combined. Now, man, that's unimaginable. That's hard to believe. But tobacco use every year and the effects of it and the various things of it take more lives in America than World War II and the Vietnam conflict combined. Tobacco-related illnesses, and this, and this goes beyond just somebody getting cancer. All, a whole big list of related illnesses. Tobacco-related illnesses kill 440,000 U.S. citizens every year. That ain't just somebody pulling a rabbit out of the hat, folks. That is, that is proof statistics that can be verified. 440,000 every year. According to the CDC, or the Center of Disease Control, 64% of Americans drank alcohol. I thought, my Lord, 64%? But according to the Center for Disease Control, they say 64% of Americans drink alcohol in some form, with 50% of the population drinking regular. Now, there's a lot of church folks don't think it's no wrong than to social drink. Take a little nip with my friends every now and then. Hallelujah. But you go ahead and go to church on Sunday and sing, Shall We Gather at the River and Whoop Whoop Glory and all that stuff, and go and go down to the party with your friends on Friday night and social drink a little bit, guess what? When judgment day comes, you who just social drink just a little bit, just take a little nip every now and then, all that stuff, you're going to be down there in a the hot place along with Ned DeWino. Hello, somebody. Bless the quietness. It's a truth that he has. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Approximately 36.8 million Americans, ages 12 years old and older, have tried cocaine at least once in their life. I'm talking about the grip of addiction. Ages twelve years old. That's mind boggling to me. Maybe, I know. Maybe, I guess I grew up in a more innocent time. But when I see all these things happening, and even though I drive a metro school bus and I see stuff every day that that would that would give you a heart attack if you're a parent or a grandparent, that you, if you really knew what was going on with your school kids, even when I see things like I do every day, I mean it amazes me to think that children twelve years old. A big percent of them has already tried cocaine. And I can't believe that we've got congressmen and senators and we got people in certain states of this country doing everything they can to try to legalize marijuana. How stupid can people get? It never has stopped with marijuana and it never will stop with marijuana. And the people that claim they need it for a health condition, that's just a lie they've felt being tricked by the devil. That's a bunch of bull and hogwash. We're in deception in this world. And the devil's got millions of people, amen, with a ring in their nose, amen, pulling them down to destruction. And the biggest... Probably it is as preachers in this country don't have a backbone and guts to stand up and speak the truth anymore. But I promise you one thing, sweetheart, you got a man right here that will tell you the truth. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to preach it. It is the truth that will make you free. Not nothing else, brother. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Like Brother Davidson said last night, I'm gonna tell you what, he set some people on fire last night. He walked around there, he said, I can come and lay my hands right now on several people who's not doing nothing but playing church. We got people playing church all over this nation. And all denominations, including Pentecost. A lot of people will go to church and they'll sit and they'll see what happened and went on in this building this afternoon. And they say, what in the world are they doing up there? What's going on? I ain't never seen nothing like that. Why? Because they, they've experienced religion, but they never experienced a true relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We see them all the time. Glory to God. I have baptized enough people since I, Amen, have been working with Brother Hale on the Reading Street, I have myself and Brother with Brother Hale and Brother Wayne George and all the rest of it goes. But myself, I baptized more people, Amen. Since I first walked on the Reading Street, that it would fill up this whole place this afternoon. It would, it would fill every pew. Where are they at? Because we still got people thanks that sticking them under water is a quick fix. Hallelujah. But too many people to get baptized. There's only one change that takes place. They go down a dried devil and they come up a wet one. There's no repentance. There's no change in their life. They don't have a desire to serve God and to live for God. They're playing around with God, playing around religion. But one day you're going to face a judge one day. Baptism, baptism is not going to save you. Hallelujah. You're going to have to have the blood applied to your heart. If the blood's not applied, it don't make no difference how I duck you under there. Some people won't talk about how you're going to duck them under in Jesus' name, or this name, or that name, or that title, whatever. It don't make no difference unless the blood's applied. Hallelujah. we got too many people going through the pretense, playing around. And you know what? All these people playing around are the very people that will wind up getting addicted to something. Because you don't have nothing real to protect you. Hallelujah. You don't have the genuine, real thing in your heart. You need to really get saved. You need to really repent of your sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Nineteen point five percent of eighth graders, twenty-eight point two percent of tenth graders, thirty-eight point nine percent of twelfth graders, all said that getting cocaine in this country was very easy. Now, I wouldn't know the first thing about going out and trying to get a hold of me some cocaine. And if if you don't know how to do it, go out here and find you an eighth grader. Not only will not only will they shame you on how to operate that computer, they'll uh, they'll tell you how to get a hold of some of this stuff. And that's a shame. That's a shame. Hallelujah. Listen, I, I I'm just laying some foundation facts. I don't know. Listen, an estimated 4.7 million people. Used pain relievers, uh, relievers non-medically in this past month. Now, a lot of people want to talk about drugs. See, that's what that's what messed up uh, Elvis. You know, Elvis fought drug abuse. He was even elected to the presidential task force one time. fighting against drug abuse but in his mind like a lot of other people's minds drug abuse was the cocaine the marijuana and all that stuff he said that he thought that they're drug users but what did he mean was these prescription drugs and guess what mom and dad and grandma granddad other survey was, has been uh, has been done, and a lot of our children who get hooked on drugs get hooked at it at a mom and dad's medicine cabinet at home. Hello, 4.7 million people misuse pain relievers this past month. 1.8 million use tranquilizers. 904,000 use stimulants of some kind or the other. 234,000 use sedatives. If you don't think we're living in a messed up society, folks, somebody needs Jesus. Our religion's not getting the job done. Our churches is not getting the job done. Our denominations are not getting the job done. Whomsoever the Son is made free is free indeed. But yet we are gripped by addiction. We go to church all the time. But we can't we can't live through a week without our tranquilizers, without our sedatives. Come on now. There's got to be some deliverance somewhere. There needs to be some deliverance somewhere. 85%. Let's move on from that to something that's really encroaching today. And you'll be surprised, at least I'm surprised, of how many church people and church goers don't think a thing in the world about it. They talk about it openly. 85% of U.S. adults have gambled at least once in their lifetime. Legal gambling is available in 48 states. Hawaii and Utah are the only two states who are the exceptions. Hallelujah. People are so deceived by gambling. You saw the picture a while ago of the people at the one arm, uh, you know. And I, I was talking with a man one time, a Christian man. He was a deacon in the church. And, uh, fixing to go on a vacation? Where are you going? Going to Las Vegas? Well, all right. And, uh, what, what, what you going to do while you're there? He said, well, he said, I've never been there before. He says, and, uh, he said, I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to drop a little bit of money in that one arm bandit just to, just, uh, just to say I did it. I've never been to Las Vegas. I don't have no plans on going there. But if I was to go there, I promise you I wouldn't have the least little desire to go over there and put some money in the one arm bandit. Why, Brother Sammy? Because God changed me a long time ago. Hallelujah. Brother, I don't have religion. I got a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the things of the world does not now I'm not. Are you saying you can't be uh, tempted by the devil? No, we all have problem being tempted by the devil. But there are some things even the devil knows that he, you know, he 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 ain't gonna he ain't gonna get me with drunkenness. He ain't gonna get me with some of these things. Hallelujah. Oh, but, pastor, if I just uh I I got I got I got I got to play that tire ball every week. That's what I was fixing to say. Brother Sammy, if I hit that thing, I've had, people, I've had them tell me, Pastor, you'll, you, if I hit that thing, I'll promise you, Pastor, that you won't have to worry about driving that school bus again. You'll be taken care of. Guess what, folks? If you come to church regular and you pay your tithes like you should, I won't have to worry about driving a school bus. Hallelujah! God has kept this thing going for two thousand years on ten percent. Long before there was a fireball, we got so many people addicted on on all sorts of gamma that they can't put in, in the offering plate because they don't. I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I, there again, I, you know, I realize I'm in the dark ages. You know, I was in the dark ages. But, uh, there's, a, there's about 30 buses out to White's Creek. It runs out of White's Creek High School. And they all get there early and get lined up and all and all that stuff, you know. And, uh, uh last year, or maybe been the year before last, I can't remember exact, but uh, there was about 15 or 16 of them decided they was going to get together and do do a pool uh, every week, and everybody put in so much, and they were, you know, and, and playing playing the lottery and play, uh, playing uh, Powerball and all that stuff, you know. And uh so they was all uh, getting on into it. It amazed me, and it didn't, it didn't make me feel bad one-so-ever, one so but did not one of them ask me if I wanted my name in. I wonder why. But guess what? I'm not the shortest preacher in town, but there was another little preacher, a little bit shorter than me. A little bit older than me. And this man's old enough to know better. He was in his seventies. Pastoring a church. And uh, Every week when it comes time for everybody to put in their $20, I think that's what they all put in. Guess who they was given the money to to go down there and take care of it? Here he was with his pad writing down everybody's name and what they paid. Now we can say things like that to laugh about it and everything, but man, that, that breaks my heart. As a man that's in charge of people's souls, but you know what? That's the same man I told y'all a story about four or five years ago that they was getting off the bus there in the hot, and they was in in uh, in a foyer there trying to cool down and everything. Uh, and and some of them, uh, some of them was talking about this other guy, and some and there was a, I know what it was. It was a, it was a new driver just hard in, and they was introducing him and everything, and uh, and that new person asked about this other guy, about he said oh is that other guy a preacher, and one of them spoke up as I was walking in, he says says nah. no he says he's not a preacher. If you want a real preacher, they pointed me and said he's the one you need to go see. And I don't take the credit for that. I, I, I give the credit for God. Folks, we need to let our light shine in this world. Oh, God. Lord. But, hey, we say everybody's doing it. Uh, as of 2003... And the number has jumped considerably. As of 2003, there were 1.3 million pornographic websites on the internet. That was back in 2003. 1.3 million. A total of over 260 million pages. <sighs> Missionaries can't get enough money to do the work that they need to do in foreign lands, Brother Travis. Find people like the Lannins, bought a piece of property in Bangladesh six, seven years ago with a dream to build a medical center there inside their compound that they've had doctors and nurses said if they could get the building built and the medical center building, they would come and donate their time so many months out of the year to treat those little children and people who come to church there who don't have no medical. And so they launched out by faith. And uh, and still after these years, they're still not able to build that medical center because they can't get the money in. They're using it as a farm to raise food to eat. Missionaries can't get the money that they need. Churches struggling every horror uh, and uh, and we and we got people going hungry in this country with not enough money supposedly to take care of everything but there's 13.3 billion dollars spent in the United States annually on pornography We could take care of the deficit and everything else if we just put, put the money that goes in pornography and we'll have to worry about nobody's taxes being raised. Hello? $13.3 billion. DVD and video rentals have reached almost $1 billion. Well, it is very ironic that America, known as the land of the free is in virtually total bondage and slavery. We say we're the land of the free and the home of the brave, but America's in total bondage. We're in the grip of addiction of all kinds. If you think that that's too harsh a statement, then let's go back to the scripture that I read today and use God's words translation. Second Peter two and nine. They promised these people freedom, but they themselves are slaves to corruption. Hallelujah, a person is a slave to whatever he or she gives into. Hallelujah. all these people in, the, uh, uh, in Congress and all over here that runs this country want to talk about freedom, 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 but that's something that we in America we've always liked to talk about, but they talk about freedom and we talk about freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. another one, going down just this past week, because we failed to allow Jesus Christ to be the Lord of our life, we as a nation have become slaves to our carnal flesh and nature. Hallelujah. I need to go back. I'd have to try to, that's in my old computer to get messed up in the far, Um, I've been working and trying to get some files out of there, but I'd like to get some of them old files, especially that, that message about breaking the bondage of self. It's about time i preach that again. Hallelujah. Romans 6 and 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether a sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness? Listen, church, what the carnal mind doesn't realize is that mankind has never been under self-rule ever since the fall of Adam. You may think you're doing your own thing, what you want to do, but ever since Adam messed up, man has never been under self-rule. You see, God gave Adam dominion over the planet. He said, I give you dominion. Adam had dominion. He was a rule over everything on this earth. God gave Adam dominion over the planet, but he lost that dominion when he disobeyed God. It was lost. Now you are somebody's servant. Everybody in this house is a servant to somebody. You are somebody's servant, either God or the devil. If you have submitted to Christ, then you know the liberty which comes through Him. But if your stubborn heart rejects the grace and mercy of God, Satan has all kinds of nice little of addictive choices to keep you under control. Satan's got plenty of things to wag under your nose to get you to fall off. Hallelujah. I've got to move on. I'm fixing to quit. I'm not going to get everything done. The sec, let's talk about steps to servitude. I've I got to talk before, before I quit about what this process is of being brought under bondage. Steps to servitude. We're going to go back to the Old Testament, the book of Judges, chapter 16, verses 19 through 21. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him. And his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Do you think it's possible for the Lord to leave somebody and they don't even know that he's gone? Happened to Samson. Do you think if you had a snapshot picture of Samson today that he would look he would look like uh uh Schwarzenegger or one of these bodybuilders? Asta La Vista baby. Uh uh-uh. uh. I don't believe if you saw Samson, you, uh, he on the outward appearance you'd see him any any bit than any other man. If you go back and if you look at everything that Samson ever did with the miraculous strength, the Bible said the spirit of the Lord came upon him. The spirit of the Lord came upon him. That's what made this difference. That's what made the difference. Then the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. Now listen to me close. I'm winding up. I'm I'm winding up right here. Samson was a champion among the people of God, but he had a problem with lust. Hallelujah. Samson just couldn't keep his hands off the women. He had a problem. He had a problem with lust that he couldn't control. He was addicted to it. Got him in trouble more than one time. So eventually controlled him. Listen, folks, whatever it is that you can't control, you better get, you better get a hold of God because sooner or later it's going to control you. It's going to control you. If we study the process of Samson's downfall, we can identify a pattern that emerges, which can be seen in any type of addiction or sin. It first becomes a choice to experiment with things. It always starts with a choice. You make a choice to experiment with this. You know, just about every every young you know person. You know, they they get that age. You know, they're going to exper- experiment. You know. Uh, you make a choice to experiment with something. Uh, be, it, be it tobacco, be it alcohol, pornography, whatever it may be, it starts. It starts with a choice. They even got a country song, you know, that was popular many many years ago. I took the first drink, and the second drink took me. Hallelujah. Amen. What about that other? What about that other? Before long, you take the first uh, first drink, Brother Dallas, and the second one takes you. Before you know it, then you're crying over the bar saying, there's a tear in my beer." <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. It starts out with a choice to experiment with things that pleasure the flesh. makes the flesh feel good. So I've heard people get up and testify, but praise God, there ain't, there ain't no pleasure in sin. I'm going to tell you what, there is pleasure in sin. Why do you think we've got so much problem with it? You can't have fun in the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of the youngers will laugh, but I mean, I've had them laugh at me before. But, I mean, I, 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 was, I, was, I was at a few of them sock hops back in the day. teenager. what in the world's a sock hop? <laughs> That's long before disco. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's a pleasure in sin, but it's for a season. It don't last long. Once the addiction has you asleep in its lap... Satan steps in as your soul's enemy and you end up his slave. There's six steps. Six steps six steps. You you begin to experiment with things that give you pleasure. And then you finally fall asleep in its lap. And once you're asleep, that old addiction Whispers to the devil, to the enemy, "Come on, he's sleeping in my lap." He gives in. Here, here, here is the same thing as what happened to Samson. Number one, he gives in to the woman's desire. Hallelujah! You give in to the desire of whatever that addiction is—be it smoking, alcohol, pornography. The list could go on and on you first give in Samson gave in to the woman's desire you see she kept bugging him it didn't happen in one night every night every night when he when he went over to her house to take his pleasure and all that stuff she she just pleaded with him what's the source Samson what's the source of your strength Got some big muscles there, Samson. You sure are handsome. <laughs> Don't put this on the internet. People can get the wrong idea. <laughs> 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 Hallelujah. At first, at first, Samson he just made light of it, and he he started playing around the game. He started giving her a little bit of information. Brother, that's a danger. Don't never play the devil's game. Don't ever try to play a game with a devil. It's going to bite you in the end zone. Hallelujah. Finally, finally, he finally gives in to her desire. You begin to experiment with the addiction thing. First, you can handle it. It's all right. But then finally you begin to give in to its desire. What he gave in to conquered and abused him. Notice notice the Scripture in Judges 16 and 19. This is after he gave in to her. He told her what the source was. He fell asleep in her lap. She cut off his hair. Then she began to torment him. That thing that used to be so good to you gets to the point and place it begins to torment you. Hallelujah. And it conquers you and it will begin to abuse you. I'm talking about addiction of anything. You put anything there, whatever the thing may be. Then, then Samson lost his sense of reality. Because when she woke him up and said, Quickly, Samson, the Philistines upon you. He thought I'd just get up here and do like I always done. Knock a few Philistines in the head. (laughs) Be all right. But guess what? He did not knock no Philistines in the head that day. He had already lost sense of reality. God had left him, and he didn't know God was gone. Hello, somebody. Now, that's, that, 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 that right there, we're up to the point where the addiction now has got a hold of you. You done played with it too long. You done, you done had your thrills or pleasure. Has then come, then Delilah calls for the Philistines, which was hit Samson's enemy. His enemy came in and put out his eyes. The first thing that your enemy wants to do is to blind you where you can't see. He wants to blind you where you can't see. Then the enemy bound him in chains, get you all in bondage. Hallelujah. Then finally, the enemy made him to serve. Took him down there and tied him to the old mill and made him grind at the mill. That's brother. It might not be the same thing between you uh, as, as Samson, but whatever the addiction may be, it's the same process, the same steps, the grip of addiction. This all has to do with the moral collapse of our nation. And folks, the only hope, the only hope is Jesus Christ. The church, first of all, first of all, we gotta get our act together. The Bible says judgment's gotta begin at the house of God. We gotta get our act together. We gotta to be honest. We gotta be honest. We've got to be honest with God and we've got to be honest with us with ourselves. You need you need to have somebody if you got a problem with some type of addiction in your life, you need to have somebody that you can go to in confidentiality and you can talk to them and you can be honest and you can have them become a prayer partner with you. Amen. For God to deliver you and get you set free.